This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good afternoon, Cherries fans. Good afternoon, Coventry City fans. Welcome back to Up the Cherries in All Departments. So we've already heard from Benjamin Bloom with regards to the two clubs, Coventry City and Luton Town, who might be making the Premier League this season. Only one of them can make it. The other one will be stuck in the Championship. But in this video, we're talking about Coventry, a team who were as recently in as 2017-2018 in League Two, where they won the playoff final. Since then, it's been a great, dramatic rise to the edge of the Premier League. And it is a pleasure to welcome back onto the show somebody who knows about personal development and also he's a mentor to many entrepreneurs. It is a pleasure to welcome back on Mark Sefton. Welcome back, Mark. How are you doing? Sky Blue Army. Oh, I'm living the dream, Craig. Absolutely living the dream. I'm uh, enjoying all the euphoria around what is a very expectant Saturday, but also respectful. Um, It's one of those where I remember thinking, wow, we're only four games away from, from the Premier League. And that was before we'd even confirmed you know, our playoff place. Yeah. And and then it's like, oh, wow. Like when we beat Middlesbrough away, it was a literally like, wow, are we actually going to do this? Now, I found that Middlesbrough fans definitely thought they had us licked when uh, they got a draw at our place. And I must admit, I felt like advantage was definitely theirs. Um, we'd never beat, we'd never beaten Middlesbrough at the Riverside. Uh, that we beat them. Uh, for the first time, I think in 14 attempts, it was either 13 or 14. Um, yeah, last Wednesday, when we beat them 1-0 to set up the final with Luton. Excellent stuff. Well, let's go back to last season, because it, it wasn't a bad season last year for Coventry. Um, and you did pretty well. But going on to the start of this season, it was... Um, it's a strange one, wasn't it? Could you put it in the same... Because I spoke to Benjamin Bloom on this channel 
um, as you may know, uh, EFL expert. And he said you can't really put it in the same category as that what happened at Nottingham Forest because there were so many games postponed. But then again, out of the first six games, you only had one point. Yeah, it was it was pretty bleak. Um, I mean, the the thing is, Craig is like, and I work in leadership a lot as well. And and one yeah. of one of my thoughts is, when you hurt most, you grow most. Mm-hmm. So if you think of the teams that are kind of resurgent, they all they all went through pain, and you, and you find that it's transitional. That when you see teams and even people in life when they go through adversity. Um, it definitely gives them uh, energy, motivation, and perspective. Uh, yeah. You know, to to move forward. And you know, there were so many things that kind of that kind of happened. And yet, because we've had problems continually for the for the last, I don't know, probably twenty twenty odd years since we got relegated from the Premier League. You know, yeah. we've become very good at having to deal with uncertainty. Uh, and having to deal with just nonsense and yet always bounce back. So in some ways, that is one of the reasons why we've got the momentum now, because we're literally driving forward from the sense of what we've had to overcome. And that makes us a strong proposition because it's not, if you think of football, Craig, a lot of it is mindset. And those lads have a really good, strong mindset. And that's why I think that we've gone to places like Middlesbrough now, turned turn them over, got what we needed to do. And, and that's where we're in the final. But I think that, you know, would I have thought we would have got there? No, I didn't. Like when we were bottom, I was literally said to my daughter, I'd just be glad if we just survive and then just start again with, with a clean sheet. And, and now it's like we're one game away from the Premier League. And that I haven't given myself permission to even think about that yet because it's not guaranteed um do i think that we have better players than Luton? i i do but i don't see Luton day in day out they finished higher than us so they deserve respect um i'm encouraged by the fact that none of the teams in the playoffs we actually lost to in in the regular season we took four points off all of them yeah you know so for me that's that that says a lot as well in terms of and i don't feel we're a team that are cocky we yeah. don't have a cockiness to us. Very down to earth, very determined. Um, yeah. So it's un- unbelievable where we've come from. It, it's a remarkable turnaround. And I remember when Coventry were first relegated from the Premier League. Um, and to be honest, I can't, well, it wasn't in my lifetime when they were promoted last to the uh, top flight um so it says shows that it's been quite a downward spiral for many years after that relegation from the premier league the first time round and coventry didn't find it easy did they and moved out of highfield road um with regards to highfield road you know do you miss the place or you know do you feel that if you had kept hold of it considering the issues that have been with the Rico and now the Coventry Building Society Arena. Um, do you feel that you should have stayed at Highfield Road for a bit longer? Yeah, I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Um, 
you know, if you look at all the problems around the Rico now called CBS, you know, you would definitely stay at Highfield Road because we we own the stadium. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was I think it was only about twenty three and a half thousand, so you know, it would be packed uh, full. Um, and definitely, I think most people in the in the circumstances was, would say that you know we should have stayed. But I feel like I feel like this is the best place we've been now in terms yeah. of a, a new owner uh, actually knows how to communicate with fans. Has already created some initiatives already, and, and one of them was this uh, Premier League season ticket that he dangled in front of people. Um, I think it was just before the Birmingham. Uh, city home game uh, and basically said that he's going to open up 5,000 season tickets and they'll all be 500 pounds it doesn't matter where uh, but the the idea of this is for the next five seasons uh, the ticket price season ticket will stay at 500 but if we get promoted within the next five years that money will be refunded back that 500 pound will be refunded back right so yeah I think once we made the playoffs, I think after the first game, they'd sold maybe 3,100. And then after we beat Middlesbrough, uh, to my surprise, there was still some left. And I just thought it's worth paying an extra 80 quid to yeah. uh, to be refunded 500. And if not, then it goes towards uh, the club's coffers. So, you know, you've got, you've got a shrewd businessman. And actually, people did kick off about, the rise in children's season tickets because they were, I think they were so poorly priced. Like, I mean, they were like 25 pound. And then when they went up to 200, people kind of squawked. Uh, but actually he did, he did hear and he changed the kids prices about three days after uh, releasing the price list. Mm-hmm. Um, fair play. That is for me, that's really encouraging because of course you've got to have business but unless you take care of people, you'll never be in business long. Um, you know, for me, I don't like to live in the past. I have yeah. memories of Highfield Road. My first game was against Arsenal. I remember we lost 2-0. Anders Limpar got both the goals uh, for them. Um, but no, I, I tend to like to look forward. In terms of like, obviously, it's a better, it's a better stadium. Um, it's going to have a new pitch laid now. Uh, ready for the new season anyway they've just spent i think three million on uh the training ground so that the pitches are the same standard as what they'll play in on a saturday um you know for me we've got to keep looking forward yeah definitely definitely and of course you have got gokares as well um who's been fantastic uh gustavo hamer who scored the goal um to get you to wembley um Callum O'Hare's been injured, though, though, this season, hasn't he? Yeah, since October. He's been out and he's not due back till September. Um, you know, we really missed him at the start. <laughs> took us a while. And we had some players that were just, for me, dog me. And thankfully, Robbins moved them on, got them out the door yeah. on loan. Um, for me, for me, I'm quite critical because I always think that you know, if you want to, if you want to be in the top six, yeah. My question is, can we recruit better than than what we have? Uh, and if if we can, then then I'm not kind of I'm not like one of these thinking, you know, six and a half or seven out of ten every Saturday is good enough. Like, if you want to be in the top six, you need to be at eight nine, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it's great to to have been able to do it without Casey Palmer and O'Hare because they both took up the same position. Um, but I feel like our midfield is probably the strongest midfield in the championship. Um, I think Ben Sheaf, uh, Hamer, uh, and, and then and Kelly's come back in because he's been injured, but he's been like unbelievable, like in there. And then you've got other players like Jamie Allen, if he just wants to play with Jokeres up front. Uh, that's funny as well. The amount of people uh, when they try and say Jokeres's name, I've, I think the funniest one is I heard somebody say the guy from Coventry, Gorka. I was like, Gorka? It's like, what the <laughs> heck is that? Jokeres. Like, it's just, I just find it funny. And then some people call Hamer Hammer. And I'm like, he's not MC Hammer. He's, he's the father Hamer. You know? <laughs> I've just been looking at, um, of course, your season. And to be fair, between the early September and the World Cup break, you only lost two games. Um, But after that World Cup break, you had quite a barren run again. Um, Do you feel that maybe Robin struggles a little bit getting getting, you know, decent start early, you know, because it was like two seasons effectively this year, wasn't it? Yeah, I, it, it, it killed us, to be fair, and which is an, another amazing thing to know that I can think of three games off the bat that we threw away. Mm-hmm. But then when you think of Ben Wilson scoring that late goal against Blackburn, you know, and that point being enough, like, yeah. you know, it's just... I guess it swings and swings and roundabouts. I mean, we all as fans, we we kind of dissect everything. The the yeah. what ifs. Once if we had VR, and then people in the Premier League are talking about you know all the VR decisions, and then I'm thinking you know in the Championship, I'm like, oh, I could have done with VR then, but it would also probably be complaining about VR if we had it. Um, you know, you you do find that it's a, a whole a whole flux of. Uh, of interesting things that go on in a, in a season, for, you know, for sure, Craig. Yeah. Robbins, of course, has been in charge as well since the League Two days. Um, he actually led you to promotion from League Two through the playoff final. And I, I didn't realise as well, Luton were in that same division. Uh, yeah. Akron to Stanley won the league. Um, who are they? <laughs> but <laughs> I had to make that joke. Get the milk oh, out, Craig. Get the milk exactly, out. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but um, he's he's been loyal to the club and he hasn't moved away. You know, I'm sure he's had plenty of offers. Um, but that project from those days, you know, how has he transitioned each step up to where you are now? I mean, you talk about loyalty. To be fair, he 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 owed us. In in my, I remember going to a JSB Christmas party. uh, The first time he was in charge, and he was he was telling me that he he loved it, and and then I think, literally three weeks later, he he took over at Huddersfield, Mm -hmm. and I just thought, you rotten egg, um. And he didn't. He he did. He did okay. I think, like with a couple of the jobs, like Huddersfield, Rotherham. I think he did. You know, and Scunthorpe. I think he he did okay. But then, like when he came back, uh, I felt you really need to show some loyalty now because it, it's yeah. You see it often when a player may come back, and it, and it rarely works. 
rarely works where you get a returning player. I mean, if you think of Ronaldo, I mean, I mean, I could go on off on a tangent, but for me, he's really spoiled the way he should be ending his career. What a yeah. spoiled, petulant man! I just think. You know, Messi's doing all all the right things when you think of character and spirit, you know, and, and just integrity. Yeah. Um, but anyway, going back to like, yeah, Robbins, it's it's like I think one thing that I've noticed with him is he he can be quite ruthless. There's always there's always at least one player that he gets rid of uh, every summer. And I'm like, I'm like, I wouldn't get rid of rid of them. But I can't think of many players that he has got rid of that have gone on uh, to do better. I mean, it's one thing selling a player because they have value and they want to go to a higher level, like your James Madisons, like your Callum Wilsons. Um, but releasing players, you know, there's not many that I could think of. So he definitely has that. But he seems to know when somebody's like reached their limit. But he probably takes the whole season like to do that. I mean... Michael Rose, I would say, is a prime example now. We've only actually got McFadden and Rose that are ours because the other lads, um, Panzo, Doyle, he'll definitely play for England one day. So if you're a betting person, go and make a bet that he'll uh, captain England one day. Uh, I think you'll make some money. Um, and then we've got uh, McNally as well uh, from Burnley. And this talk of him coming to us anyway permanently. I think that one may happen, and I would love to get Doyle back on a season loan, regardless of what um, league we're in. But it's interesting because I I think that he's really good at kind of getting the best at get, getting the best out of young people. But he does have this ruthless streak of, of kind of knowing when to get people out. Yeah. Um, so you have to admire him for that, and it's almost like a bit of Alex Ferguson has rubbed off on him in terms of he's got the longevity now. And I think he's, I think he's like the fourth longest serving manager in the whole of the EFL. I think there's only like a couple like Klopp that have been in the job longer. Yeah. Yeah. But he's done a remarkable job. Um, because yeah. it was as recent as was it 2017, 18, um, that Coventry were in League Two, and that dramatic rise um, to the edge of the Premier League. Say, for example, um, and Touchwood, this won't happen. But if Coventry weren't to go up, what are the biggest dangers? Because we've seen it with a number of teams. We saw it with Barnsley where they dropped off and fell into League One. We saw it with Huddersfield, who were rescued by Warnock. Is there that risk? Yeah, I mean, there's there's always that risk. Um, I think, like, with Huddersfield, though, they got rid of, like, their best players, O'Brien and Tuffalo, I remember. They've hardly had a sniff. Uh, I think O'Brien's ended up in America on loan from Forrest. And Tuffalo, I think he's hardly played any hardly played any games. Um, of course, there's always that risk. I think I think there's a lot. I mean, for me now, I feel like there's a lot on this game in terms of how I see it. I'm not one of these fans that are like, uh, whatever happens, it was a great season. I I couldn't stomach getting this far and then and then not doing this. If I'm honest, Craig, and this is just yeah. me because I 
I have like in in my own life, I have standards, and I haven't come this far just to come this far. Um, you know, in my eyes, we might have not have, might as well not have made the playoffs unless we're going to make that step. But I, I'm probably from what I can hear within in in a, a number of our fans, especially on Twitter, like they just think, you know, I hear it, I read it all the time. Like whatever happens, it's been a great season, and 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 it will have it will have been, but I just think, you know. We haven't come, you know, and overcome all this just to kind of then drop off. And I do think when I look at the Premier League and I'm thinking, I'm thinking the three teams that are going to come down, let's just say it's Southampton, Leeds and Leicester. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking Southampton are going to struggle because I, I, yeah. I, I think that they, I mean, we nearly, we nearly knocked them out of the FA Cup. It was very fine margins there. I mean, we played really well. Yeah. Um, I mean, Scott Armstrong scored a wonder goal because uh, I think we were 1-0 up with about 10 minutes to go and I can't remember exactly what happened. But I thought, oh, they're, they're not that far away from us and, and we're much better now than what, what we were earlier in the season. I think, man, that, I think the Championship's going to be tough next year and, <laughs> and there's no guarantee. So I almost feel like, you know, you've got to seize, you've got to seize this opportunity uh, and like you said, could next year they drop off? But then Luton, our opponents in the final, you know, I think they made the playoffs last year. They did, um, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, that shows that they have have consistency. And for them, they'll be wanting to make that that final step. Though I think they lost in the... I think they lost in the semi-finals, didn't they? So they, didn't they make did, the yeah, final. yeah. They, yeah, they did get beat by Sunderland, but then come back. Yeah. So we can do them a favor and beat them in the final. They would have got one step further, and they can they can. I'll, I'll root for them next season. <laughs> they can fight out next year. <laughs> but if Coventry do make it, um, of course, it is known as the richest game in football. It's one hundred and twenty million pounds. It's more on than the that. line. It's, it's more. Yeah. Now. It's one sixty now, Craig. 160, so yeah, a couple of years behind. But it would be remarkable to Coventry to get that after so many years of struggle. What would be the first things the club and then Robbins would have to do? Well, I mean, you know, I'm one of these guys that, that had lots of misspent youth playing championship manager and football manager, you know, and... yeah. I can't out myself like, I mean, I must admit, even even this week, I noticed that Ryan Kent, for example, was leaving Rangers and we had him on loan uh, before he went to Rangers from Liverpool. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, you know, if we got if we got promoted, would we have a chance to, to get a player like that? I don't know, because maybe he wants uh, European football, which I think yeah. he's probably more than capable of doing. But anyway, I'm, I'm looking at our squad and I'm thinking, for me, and again, I am quite... I am quite brutal in terms of, you know, what who I see. I, I feel like I'm fairly balanced. There's a couple of players I've got wrong. Ben Sheaf was one. I never really saw much in him. I felt like he was slow. He'd give away unnecessary fouls. His passing was dying. And then all of a sudden, he's just become blooming heck. He's, he's different gravy, you know, like now. Yeah. He's like one of the first... Um, but I look at our squad, and I think you know, if we were to make that step to the Premier League, I get, I'm Premier League. I'm thinking seven of those players for me uh, could cut it, which means you're looking at needing to recruit 
13 players, you know, and um, I mean, Hamer cost us a million, right? It's yeah. like, and he obviously has, has been with us now, I think, you know, a couple of seasons. So he, he's now getting to a level where he is the best player on the pitch. He's been the best player on the pitch for the last two months. Doesn't matter who we're playing against. And we talk about Jokeres because he's a goal scorer, but Hamer, in terms of all round, is unbelievable. That guy, and he's such a lovely guy as well. Like for me, oh, like if you could get thirteen Gus Hamers uh, in all in all the relative positions, but then you need a couple of seasons. Um, and if I'm honest, Craig, because of these stupid parachute payments, which actually I don't agree with, yeah, because I just think. You see all these teams yo-yo. Well, it's no wonder. But it's like, you know, I'm almost to the point of as long as we don't embarrass ourselves, and again, I kind of say this, you know, no, because we're not there yet. I'd much rather have a conversation with you once we're there because, I, you know, at the end of the day, a final is really on on who turns up uh, on the day. Yeah. I mean, I I know that if we turn up on our best, we will blow Luton to shreds. <laughs> but if we don't, and they do, they also could do the same. I mean, it was only last season they beat us five nil at their place. Um, you know, so and they've got a lot of those players still still around. You know, there's a couple of their forwards like Adebayo. I would actually he'd be the person I would go and get if we sold Yokeres. Yeah, you know, and obviously, you know, that's. I think his future is really down to this game as well. Um, he will end up in the Premier League or or top one of the top European leagues uh, next season, unless unless we get promoted. Because I don't think any of the big clubs are going to touch him yet. Um, the amount of chances he gets, though, if he was more clinical, he probably scores one in four of yeah. those. Um, if he converted those, his numbers would be like ha- Harland. He would literally be there, um, but uh, he's not. And it, and it could be one of those like Mitrovic, where he really struggled in the first season in the Premier League. Went back to the Championship, blew the records away, and then managed to continue that in the Prem. So it, it is. It's difficult. Can players continue to grow with with the higher level? Like it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I haven't been able to go there yet though, Craig. Like ask me on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> of course, the the current stadium it's owned by Mike Ashley um at this moment in time or the Fraser group. Um do you think that would be on the agenda with this Premier League money to buy it back for the football club? I mean it's tough because our chairman, Doug King, yeah. he offered $25 million, uh, for the stadium before it, it changed hands to Ashley, who bought it for $15 million. And the reason why it went to Ashley is because they had a pre-signed agreement with him. So our owner was already willing to pay $25 million. Now, yeah. he's, he's a businessman, Doug King. So I would imagine he would have already have offered 25 million as soon as he took over. I would yeah. imagine, but I don't know. And he actually could like make a cool 10 million. Uh, and I know that Ashley loves to 
uh, flip distressed assets, but it's also an asset that is within his vision and remit, you know, in terms of venues and stuff. And they like to grow a portfolio, but it does, it kind of gives both men an opportunity to, to actually do a, to do a deal. Cause obviously if we get that money, then it's not King's money. Uh, And then Ashley could get five times his his initial investment. So they could both end up smelling like royalty by the by the end of it but i mean it's the best it's been for me a, a club needs to own its stadium uh we've got an agreement for what i think the next 5 10 years yeah and i don't know what that looks like per se but i think that they're both businessmen so i think if a deal can be done it, it will be done of course, we don't own our own stadium and it's owned by Structure Dean. So we're effectively paying rent to Structure Dean and sold it years ago when the football club was in trouble. But do you feel that because of, you know, this this promotion, it, let's be honest, Dean Court is an asset which is very, very small. That is a stadium. You have got a stadium which is built for the future and I believe can be extended upon as well, can't it? Yeah, I believe it can. I think it can. And uh, I mean, we're not there yet. You would need to, I think you'd need to be in the Premier League like for a considerable amount of time, Yeah, you know, because I, I think our average is, I don't know, it might be like 21,000, but I don't know for definite Craig. I think, you know, the last few home games we've been getting uh, between 28 and, and 30,000. Uh, which is deemed at full capacity in terms of security, even though there's empty seats, but segregation, Um, you know, and and I think that, yeah, it has the framework. I mean, for me, it's like, are we progressing in every way possible? Yes. On the pitch, off the pitch, you know, management, players, staff, fans, we're all progressing. Yeah, you know, so it's exciting, but is there still opportunities to to grow? Yeah, there definitely is. Yeah, definitely, definitely. What what is your take though on clubs selling their stadiums? Because of course, um, it was a stadium which I believe Coventry owned originally, didn't they? And then it was sold. Um, there seems to be a trend of that at the moment. Of course, we've had Derby, Sheffield Wednesday, we've had Reading do that. I'm sure there's numerous others. Those three are the big ones because those three are ones that have been relegated to League One and been docked points. But do you feel that that needs to stop effectively? Yeah, I mean, I always say to people in life, uh, look at the fruit. Mm-hmm. They've all, we've all got the same thing in common, which is just, you know, it goes south. You know, yeah. all those teams had just been down and f- had to fight, and you know, some are making it and so- some aren't. I mean, I mean, Sheffield Wednesday again, four nil, like down to Peter and come back. Why? Because they have resilience. Why? Because they've been yeah. through the mill, and that's mm-hmm. the thing that makes. I mean, Luton are the same. They've had so that's why I think a lot of a lot of uh, the teams that are now punching is because yeah, they have that 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 perspective but yeah it needs to stop because the fruit isn't there's no positive fruit that's being 
produced from making decisions, you know, like that. I mean, it's the same. Yeah. Like if you if you own your property and then you end up selling it and then you have to pay to rent in it, how miserable. Like hmm. I can't think of anything worse. It's like having your ass handed to you, isn't it? Exactly. Hmm. Exactly. Why I mention those three clubs as well is those are all clubs that gamble to get into the position that Coventry and Luton have done. The Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Wait, way. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult because I don't think there is a blueprint for, for that. And I, I, I clearly think that there's much better ways to achieve your objective. Uh, and sometimes less is more. Yeah, um, it's it's much better to build continually uh, and steadily than kind of be kamikaze. Um, I mean, as a rule of thumb, anyway, Craig. I mean, even in the way that I have managed my own finances, if I don't have the money, then I don't buy it. It's yeah. simple as that. And if you have a business, you can't be spending money you don't have. I mean, mm-hmm. you, yeah, you have all these loans and and things, and and people say you got to you got to spend like to accumulate, but it's like, for me, it's much better to be able to be creative in the money that you have, uh, and, and grow so that actually you can handle the responsibility and the finances that come that way. Um, rather than have these kamikaze business owners that seem to think they can make a, a quick book from something that actually does take, does take time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, With regards as well to, you know, if you are promoted back to the Premier League. You're you're doing it, aren't you, Craig? You're teaching (laughs) are, (laughs) How much can you look to the actual example that we've shown, especially in that first time round where we were promoted in 2015? Um, We'd never been as high as the Premier League under Eddie Howe gradually building sensible plan and managed to stay there for five years and a lot a lot of fans will say unfairly booted out of the Premier League through Hawkeye and VAR and of course COVID took place then as well. So what's the question here Craig on this one? <laughs> so how much can you actually look to um, what we've done and try and replicate that? What Bournemouth you mean? Yeah, so could Coventry do the same? Yeah, I mean, it's really hard, isn't it? To it's hard to put myself there when I've been really, 
wanting to just take this one step at a time and i'm gonna seem like an absolute fool uh answering this and then if loot and go beat us i'll be like oh please um i know for me it's like you know i want i want us to i want us to get there first yeah uh, before that i can even like think about you know what what we should we should then aim for because it well i think i said like you know for me it's like I mean, for me, it's like, would I, if the question was, if you're promoted this yes. season, but then get relegated next season, I would take that over yeah. over not getting promoted. Because for me, it's like, you're going to end up with those parachute payments. Mm-hmm. Um, people are going to want to come to us because just like they wanted to come to Burnley, we were in for players uh, like Burnley were, and they picked Burnley, like Matson was one of them. He was fantastic for us at left wing back. Uh, he went to Burnley because obviously, you know, he he, he knew that they were uh, had the pedigree of, of of the Premier League, you know, and managed to keep a, a lot of a lot of their players, um, you know. So you have you have that. So for me, it's kind of like, you know, can you consolidate, you know? And I look at the teams that are going up. It's like Burnley. I think yeah, Burnley beat us one nil home and away. Yeah, but Sheffield United, I think we beat them and they beat us. So I feel like I feel like you know the teams that were going up. I feel like they're not that. Even though Burnley did absolutely smash it, I think that you know, with if you take away our problems that we had at the start, I think that we would have done much better if we'd had a a good um, you know situation. Yeah, um, but it's all relative. <coughs> And then I'm thinking, you know, there's teams in the Premier League where I'm like, yeah, I'd fancy. There's some games I just think we get absolutely spanked. <laughs> um, and then there's other teams I think, you know, that we could give a good good account of ourselves and a good run of the money. Uh, but I do, I, yeah, I think that people like Bournemouth, I mean, to be fair, I, I thought Bournemouth would go down this season. Um, yeah, you're not I, the only one. <laughs> no, I mean, I like the Premier League. I yeah. am completely neutral, though. Yeah, so I don't have any agenda. I just watch football. <laughs> you know, I love watching match of the day. I've always watched it since I was a kid. You know, and if football wins, I'm happy. But when I, yeah, when I look at it, I mean, when I think of Bournemouth, there's a couple of players who I really feel like because I've seen them in the yeah. championship. They're like how I see Hamer and Yokeres, <laughs> where you know, I, I people like Solanke. I've watched him. Um, he isn't he's a great player i've yep. always enjoyed always enjoyed watching him and he will actually improve if you get better players around him because for me there's still there's still players that play for bournemouth that for me are championship players <laughs> but it, i could do i could kind of do that with most clubs you know craig for us to take over as manager apart from man city yeah. there'd actually be there'd be there'd be players that play for all the teams where they wouldn't even make my squad and I just think it's 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 hilarious, but yeah, I mean Bournemouth they they've done so well, like it's incredible, you know. And if you can add, you know, two or three quality players every season, then actually that's how you start to establish yourself. Yeah, you know. But I'm just like, I would take promotion now, uh, as long as we don't embarrass ourselves and get like the least 
amount of points, which I think is Derby. I don't know the stats. Yeah, so do I think it was about place? 12, 13. I'm not sure. Um, I can't remember what year it was as well. Um, I can't see that. But it's 11, going to be very tough. 11 points. Yeah, I'm sure you'll get more than those. <laughs> I do as well. I mean, that is, yeah. that is horrific. But, you know, I think it would be amazing to see Coventry back in the Premier League. You know, it's a side that I remember watching match of the day and um, you had players uh, like Huckabee was on the pitch, wasn't he? And um, a Griffiths. I can't ever say his name. I can't ever say a Grisovich. A Grisovich. Yeah, in goal. You know, Dion Dublin. Oh, I mean, we had some, we had, honestly, we had an incredible team. We had yeah. Gary McAllister. We had George Boateng. We had Steve Froggett. It was ridiculous. We had Richard Shaw. You know, we had like incredible players. And then we'd have some like workhorses like your Paul Talfers. It's just, yeah. and he obviously played for Luton as well. <coughs> and it, yeah. It was unbelievable, like, some of the players we had. We had Hadji and we had Chippo. Those Moroccan guys were the first kind of African guys. And Unlove, obviously, he was mm-hmm. the first African to play in the Premier League. Unbelievable. Yeah. Just, yeah, some of the players we had were ridiculous, you know. And as a kid, I grew up on Premier League football. I watched the Dennis Berg camps come to town, the Eric Cantonars. I was spoiled and then yes. had to go through watching League Two football. And then I remember watching Gail Bigaramana, who's a friend of mine, play for Newcastle against Man United. Went to St. James's Park the same season I was watching Cov in League Two. And I was like, holy mackerel. Like, the golf was ridiculous. The speed, the agility, the skill, the crowds, the atmosphere. It was like, oh, my word. Unbelievable. It would be fantastic to see Coventry back. Um, what we will do is we'll do a prediction for the game in a moment as well. Yeah, sorry, Mark. <laughs> but, of course, you are an author as well. I do have all your books, but go on, plug your books to plug my everybody. Books. Really? Yeah, plug the books, yeah. Come plug on. my books. Yeah. Well, my, my latest one is, is called Mark of a Man. Yes. Uh, and it's about... The expectations, responsibilities of being a man. And I do talk through the lens of my own divorce. So I married at 21. I was divorced at 37. So I do talk about some of that so that people can really understand. Men can really understand what I'm getting at. Because I do talk about emotions. You know, we've had lots of campaigns about getting men to talk. But it's not. It's actually more than that now. It's actually our, about our ability to listen about our ability to listen to self. It's yeah. about understanding that our emotions are feedback. They're neither bad or good. You know, it's about breaking some of the the old thought habits like uh, big men don't cry, you know, and actually realizing actually one of the most attractive things to a woman is vulnerability. And it doesn't mean it's all about reading the room. So being vulnerable, you know, you don't air your dirty washing out for everybody to see. Yeah. But it is about when you hurt, having a safe space to communicate that and explain why you hurt. And so the book is helping men to really understand their emotions, but then how to express them, how to honor them, and then move out of that. And I I talk a lot about 
my divorce through this because some of the the most difficult emotions to navigate uh, have derived from a separation a loss a divorce i need yeah. people to be able to i need to kind of get people's trust and that they know what i'm on about because i'm sharing my own struggle and vulnerability and the fact that i had to cry every day for 6 months even though it was my choice that my marriage was was over but I, but i do that in order to really help men kind of become better men i mean that's the whole premise if you're a man and you want to be better then then that's why i wrote it it's not to make men into me it's to make men into into better men all the details about the book will be below in the description and honestly i do suggest everybody gets a copy because it actually this is quite a funny story isn't it um back on twitter how long ago was it probably about 12 months ago um there was somebody who was a little bit down and i of course responded and you realized and you thought oh hang on that's something i wrote mm. so once you read it it you will be able to echo it as well and i think it's a fantastic bookmark it's really uh-huh. really good mate and you know i would recommend it to anybody um whatever they're going through so yeah all the details are in the description and order yourself a copy Let's go back to the football, though. Um, (laughs) The bit you're dreading. (laughs) Um, Biggest game for Coventry in many, many, many years. How is it going to go? Is it going to be a tight game? Is it going to be a game where a team runs away with it? We've seen finals like that. Most of them are quite tight. Um, How do you think this is going to go? It's 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 tough because of what's riding on it. Yeah. Um it's like the more that you know that's at stake, the more kind of that you want it, but also the more it could hurt. Yeah. I mean, I think for some neutrals, uh it depends on their age. But I think for I think for people like my age, I feel like they probably want to see Coventry in the Premier League more. But I think I think maybe for 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 younger, they'll probably be laughing at the fact that either Coventry or Luton will will be in the Premier League. Um, you know, I'm always going to back my team. I'm not yeah. I'm not cocky. I mean, Luton are there for a reason. They are much more direct. Uh, we're a footballing team. I, I like the fact that obviously Wembley's a great surface, so that's really going to suit us. Yeah. But they they killed Sunderland because they bullied them. Now we aren't easily bullied. It's not. We're much more of a footballing team, but we have players that are are and can be aggressive. And yeah. McFadden, for example, he is a brick wall. Yeah, I mean that guy will put his head everywhere. He's not the quickest, but neither is their guy up front, Morris. Adebayo, he is the one I see is a big threat. Like, I've always enjoyed watching him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've both sold out as well, so we're both going to have 36,000 fans. For me, I've yet to see a team that can outsing us. 
So I think atmosphere-wise would be anybody just for the crowd. And we've got yeah. songs for every player. And, you know, we're vocal. Uh, and we've been through a lot. I mean, Luton have as well. Um, I definitely feel like we will do it. I feel it will be 2-1. Um, I've got a 100% record at, at Wembley as well. So I'm really kind of just hoping like just these stats uh, are just what I'm telling myself. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that... I mean, like this this season, has, there's been so many records, Craig. The most yeah. clean sheets we've ever kept in our history. It's like Ben Wilson's got the golden glove. You know, he got 22, I think, clean sheets. Yeah. Like, and he's for me, he's he's good, but he's not great. <laughs> you know, I'd never pick him as that is. I for me, out of all the keepers I saw in the championship. Even though he's on loan from Newcastle, Carl Darlow was the best keeper I've seen. You yeah. know, but anyway, he didn't get anywhere near it because obviously it's a collective, isn't it? It's the it's the whole team, just like the whole team scores a goal, but it's always the the individual scorer who gets the plaudits. It's the goalkeeper. Um, you know, so for me, I think you know we're hard to beat. You know, and and we've got Doyle and McNally are two of the best young centre-backs I've seen with McFadzine in the middle. I I get frustrated with Bidwell uh, because for me, he's not a left wing back. And we've got the guy on loan from Man City who has, has shown in the last few games, but not recently, that he can beat a man. Uh, so, yeah. he, you know, if we need a goal, that's going to happen. But otherwise, Bidwell is he's, he's reliable in terms of he's defensive. And then Norton Coffey on loan from Arsenal, it's taken him a little while to go, but he's starting to go now. And I love his mindset. He's got such a great mindset. Uh, and the midfield, for me, it's the, it, that's where we're strong. And then I feel like he probably will go with Jokeres up front on his own and he'll put Jamie Allen in there because that's what we did against Middlesbrough. Uh, and it worked. And I feel like we just absorbed. I think we had 30% possession against Middlesbrough and we just turned that ball over and got him on the counter-attack. And I think that we will do that with Luton as well. But they are really good at set pieces. Uh, and it just, it really depends. Both lots of players and fans are going to be up for it. They finished higher than us. Uh, we're finishing like a train. Yes. I, I, I just think that I've seen it before when I've played football. I remember playing against the team that are in the lower division. They'd already knocked out three teams in the top division. We played them in the final. They beat us 2-1. They scored two worldies. And when you look back at it, you just think when your name's on your cup, the name's on the cup. Yeah. I'm a little bit like that, but also wish it wasn't me who's having to go through it. I'm looking forward to Wembley with my door, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, and we've had some great moments. And, and we, I've gone down there twice now, and we've come back euphoric. Um, I'm a feeler, Craig, so... If we do that, I will be absolutely, yeah, beyond belief giddy. But if we lose, it will hurt and it will, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know because it's got, it seems an end then anyway. It's yes, like, yeah. so it's either like, oh, or it's like, oh, like, yeah. And obviously I've got this, uh, this, this initiative of this uh, 500 pound season ticket. If, if Coventry win, I get my money back. Well, hopefully you're getting a refund then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that'd be nice. 
on Monday morning. You know, there's a refund straight away in the cal- Well, it won't be Monday morning because it's bank holiday, but um, Tuesday. <laughs> but it, no, it's it difficult. Be. But I do think, I think we will edge it. Yeah. It will be, you know, it's going to be a dramatic game, you know. Um, with regards to, you know, there's a lot of people that have been saying about Kenilworth Road, you know, is it going to be a Premier League ground? Um, but it's the story of these two clubs and, you know, the story of Coventry, especially, you know, who have, in my in my lifetime, remember them in the Premier League. It'd just be amazing to see you back there, Mark. So, you know, fingers crossed for you. And hopefully, you, you never know, we'll be doing this uh, next season. Um, any more books on the horizon? You're going to be writing a new one? You know, I I, um, I definitely have another book in me, but it isn't a priority like right now. I know what it's called. I, I know what it will be about. But uh, I've been writing much more articles lately because I, yeah. I feel like I'm making much more traction with those. And uh, it's a lot more tangible everybody you know it's i'm one of these people that once everybody starts doing it then i tend to lose interest i mean everybody's yeah. writing a book i mean there's so many books it's like oh another book and that book takes it, it's a time it's a commitment but an article if i write a, an article that takes three minutes to read people are going to read that they're probably going to get as as much respect and uh knowledge from me through that than they are from from a book so it's yeah. a little bit like, I'm a little bit like, mm, and it's all about energy management. But what about you, Craig? Who are you, who are you predicting? And, and have you spoken to a Luton fan and kind of where, where are they at? I haven't spoken to a Luton fan as yet. Okay. I haven't spoken to a Luton fan as yet. I think it's going to be extremely close. Extremely close. Um, Isn't 2-1 extremely close? It is, yeah. It is, to be honest. You're going to um, do penalties or something cruel like that. To be honest, it's my decision is changing by the day because at one point I did think Luton they did finish, you know, the season, you know, on eighty points, wasn't it? Um, and of course they come back against Sunderland, which is no mean feat. I think you know when a team comes back, it shows a real character. But then again, I think, you know, Coventry, when you look at that run into that playoff final, um, one defeat in 19. Mm. You can't. And nine times out of 10, it's the team that has got that momentum that, you know, actually goes on and wins it. It was definitely Nottingham, like Nottingham Forest. When they, I remember we played Nottingham Forest because we were. We were in with a shout still of making yeah. the playoffs. And I remember they had Keenan Davis up front, who I thought was unbelievable then. He's tanked actually at Watford. That really surprised me because he was just an absolute menace. Yeah. And I was like, I'd love to get him on loan. Like, and obviously Watford got him. But Forrest, they just had that little bit extra and their momentum was nuts. And I was just like, I actually predicted that Forrest would do the best out of the three teams that went yeah. up. Right, and then he recruited what twenty odd players, and I'm like, like, that's it's insane. Like, and they've done it yeah. now, but like, yeah, for me, it's like, yeah, we've got to, we just got to get over the line now. Got to get over the line. Well, I've got my fingers crossed for you, Mark. You know, when 
on Sunday. Well, to be honest, it's a nice end to the season. We didn't expect it, to be honest. We expected to be in that relegation battle. I thought it was going to go down to the last game of the season. Us or Everton, that would have been... It would have been great for the neutrals, but, you know, to be honest, I... I would have been having panic attacks, I think. <laughs> I mean, would, would you personally like to relegate Everton? Would you enjoy that? Oh, do you know what? I'm actually doing a show at the moment um, with fans of each of the sides in this relegation battle. And... If you want me to nail... Right, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to say who I'd rather stay up. Um, I'd actually quite like to see Everton stay up. Okay. I've got, uh, And to be honest, I've got an affiliation with, you know, the club. You know, I've um, got lots of friends as well who are Evertonians. Um, so, and your favourite sweet is a toffee, isn't it? You love a toffee. Yeah, toffees are nice. Although saying that, salted caramel, I'd rather salted caramel. So, um, but in all in all honesty, Mark, I think on Sunday, I think Leeds will beat Spurs. Not sure about Leicester. Not really sure what they're going to do. Um, but I can see only one result, and I think that's an Everton 2-0 win against ourselves because a... We don't really need the points. Yes, it'll be great. Every place is an extra couple of million. But at the same time, we are safe. And can you imagine 40,000 roaring scousers in Goodison, probably setting off fireworks outside our team hotel the night before as well. The atmosphere is going to be, they're going to be kicking every ball for their side. But on the spin side, if we go ahead... It's going to become a very, very hostile place, Goodison Park. Mm. And I think it's going to be the fans that get Everton across the line. Mm. We'll see. Because I, I, a... I think if, it, if if a game of football was ever just down to fans, we'd be, uh, we'd be at the top of the Premier League. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I tell you what, it's it's going to be interesting going to be interesting i think there will be points during the day where it looks like everton are going down there's probably place points in the day where it looks like each of those sides are staying up Leeds have got the hardest task but personally i think everton are going to i think everton are going to beat us um and that of course will keep them up they've got They've got that fan base. Um, mm. They have got... But you never know in football. I would say if it was a Dean Court, they'd be in real trouble. Yeah, it's it's horrible. Like, even even in our last game, where we were we had the 90% chance of, of uh, making the playoffs. Yeah. There was one point during that game, even though we never went behind, where we were out of the playoffs. Because Millwall were winning. Mm-hmm. Um I can't remember. I think West Brom were winning. Yeah. Um, and they needed a bit of a swing. Uh, and I think Sunderland were winning as well. Mm-hmm. And we were we were drawing, and it literally put us in into seventh place. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, uh, we went ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then that that changed that changed things. And by the time Middlesbrough scored, Blackburn had come back to to be drawn with Millwall, and then we were back in it. And then it ended that we came fifth, you know, and Sunderland knocked Millwall and Blackburn Blackburn out. So oh, it's it's horrible. At least with this, it's a straight shoot off. Yes. Um, and I guess that more encouragement I've got is I think for me personally. A one-off game against Luton, for me, is easier than a, a head-to-head with Middlesbrough uh, twice, for, for me. Yeah. Um, You've already done that. Yeah. We've already beat Luton and drew with them at their place. And mm-hmm. this is this is a, an even playing field. Um, but I don't underestimate, underestimate them. Uh, like I said, Middlesbrough fans were very confident they were going to beat us. Yeah. And we pulled their pants down. Uh, got the job done. I love doing it in their own backyard. With Wembley, <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's like neutral, isn't it? I mean, the atmosphere. Yeah. The, the club have bought every Cov fan flags. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be a, an ocean of blue, right? Yeah. We didn't have that even in the League 2 playoff or the Checker Trade Trophy. So that is going to be something special just mm-hmm. to see that, you yeah. know, I, I, the thing is, is like if you're a football fan and you support a team, for me, it's like, I don't know. I think that you should support the team where you were born. I mean, and there is, there is some exceptions. Yeah. With influences, but people changing teams is odd for mm-hmm. me. It's like I wouldn't dream of changing teams, it, even in League Two. Was I going to go yeah. to Leicester or Villa because in the Premier League? Heck no. It's like I'd rather go to League Two. It's my team. It's my club. You know, so you know that's it. And uh, yeah, I'm just hoping that we can make this last step. And I tell you, if we do, I want I want another podcast with you, and I just want to go nuts. And then I'll I'll answer anything, and I'll tell you who we should sign, who we should get rid of, how many Bournemouth players would get into Coffside, how many Coff players would get into Bournemouth side, and just have a frenzy. <laughs> <laughs> Should we do it next week? <laughs> Only if. <laughs> Only if, yeah. I'll hold you to that, Mark. Yeah, yeah. I'll you hold can. you to that. that. that, that I, I would love the opportunity to just geek out on that because I yes. know from the championship, I'd be able to tell you who I would get because I've, <laughs> I've watched a lot of championship football the last few seasons. I kind of have my own, my own players that I know can make that step. To the, yeah. to the Prem. Uh, and I know the ones that can't. I mean, we do have an awful lot of players that I feel I've, I've reached their <laughs> their limit. It's just that yeah. we've got seven players in, in our 11 that for me are, yeah, in that top end of championship into bottom end of the Prem. Well, fingers crossed. And I tell you what, we will do that next week. If Coventry are promoted to the Premier League, Mark is coming back on and um, it'll be a bit of a celebration. And we'll get some more Coventry fans on. Shall we just get a whole group of you? We can do. Get Gareth Withers and there's a guy called Mark as well, who also I speak to, Sky Blue podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. there's a a lot of them. There's a lot of them around. A lot of them around. We'll get them all on. We'll get them all on. But thank you so much, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, it's been really good, Craig. Thank you as always. Not a problem at all, mate. Sky Blue Army. 
And thank you everybody for joining us on this show. Please remember to hit the like, the subscribe, the bell button below to be alerted to any new videos we do here on Up the Cherries and All Departments. Please also do check out our other videos. Of course, we've had Benjamin Bloom on recently. Also, do check out our recent interview with Damon Minchella of, of course, Ocean Colour Scene. So do check that out as well. Until the next video, up the cherries, and we'll see you in the next one. Thank you for joining us. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.